Hello everyone, my name is Angelica Waters and I just wanted to take the time to reintroduce myself and explain the reason and purpose behind my podcast, Heal. This podcast will be dedicated to that person that is ready to accept their hurt, their pain, their illness, or mental health issue and turn that process of exception into a healing triumph. As a young black woman living in a world with so much pressure, I dealt with trauma that hindered my growth process until I came into the power of acceptance. And I call that my starting point to heal. Once I embarked in my journey of healing, I was able to reconnect with my true self, now stronger and wiser. I am ready to share my journey and allow others to share their healing journey by allowing my podcast to be a safe place. Healing is a journey and you shouldn't have to heal alone. If you are ready to take your life back, this podcast is just for you. Now let's heal. Peace and blessings, family, and welcome back to another episode of Heal with Angelica Waters Podcast, where we discuss all things healing. And on today's episode, I have a guest joining me today, all the way from the UK, life coach and uh, life coach, I'm sorry, Sam Curtis, as we will be discussing today's topic, mindfulness. Sam, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. Yes, yes. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, Now, before we get into this amazing topic, do you mind letting our audience know more about you? Sure. Um, Well, I'm Sam. I'm a life coach. I'm based in the UK, but I get the pleasure of working with clients all over the world. yeah so i love the fact that the pandemic made it so easy for me to connect i've had clients in canada in la in nigeria and all around europe so it's really cool um i get to spend my days working with people who are frustrated and stuck and have forgotten that they've got the tools and the resources within them to get exactly where they want to go yes i love it sam thank you so much for that now let's get started on today's topic mindfulness now what is mindfulness mindfulness is a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings thoughts and bodily sensation used as a therapeutic technique (laughs) that brings me to my first question for you sam what does mindfulness look like for you so i think mindfulness um gets a whole load of different definitions and Mm. people tie it into meditation which is accurate but people then think it's this big thing and that they've got to have a clear mind and it only works if they spend three hours a day doing it and i'm not about that (laughs) for me is all about everyday pockets of time that you're grounded and that you're present So mindfulness comes from a Buddhist philosophy, it's sati, which means grounded awareness. 
So it's all about having those little pockets in your day where you're here, not worrying about the past, mm. not predicting the future, but right here in the moment. And so I work with my clients to really tailor their everyday mindfulness to what they're doing in their everyday. So one technique that a client loves is I get her to spend five minutes a day with her cats and being present with her cats and they're feeling the warmth of them on their laps, feeling the softness of the fur, listening to their purrs, right? There's nothing more loving than an animal and she gets to do her daily mindfulness with her cats. Others have kids and it's so easy to get caught up in worrying about the dinner, the washing that needs to go on and all the other things that are running through your head that when you're with your kids, you're miles away. They're great for bringing you back to the present. Kids are so present. So spending a couple of minutes with them really trapped in their world, seeing the version of the present that they see, again, can be a form of everyday mindfulness. Oh my gosh, I love that, Sam. And I love that you brought up just uh, being mindful with your children. I have a one-year-old and I noticed how much he's just in the moment. And it seems as if that, you know, we kind of got out of that element. You know, we were kind of brought up just to be in that moment, not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future, just in that moment. So I can definitely agree with you in regards to just, you know, how um, the lady uses her cat to be mind to, to, to use the mindfulness. And um, as me, I also use my my son as to always be in a moment. So I love that sound. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> You're more than welcome. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, I know you mentioned meditation and meditation is actually one technique that I use as well to stay grounded and mind mindful. Now, what text what techniques do you use to help you? be mindful and what techniques would you suggest to others? Fantastic question. So I am a big advocate of meditation. I am a meditation teacher. I decided it did such an impact on my life that I decided yes. to train in it um, and really understand it. And the truth is you don't need the training to really get the benefits mm. of mindfulness, to get the benefits of meditation. What we're doing when we're trying to be mindful or be present, if that feels more accessible for people, just to be present, right? We don't have to be mindful, we just be present. Mm. And what we're doing is we're basically anchoring ourselves back here and now. And there are so many things that we can use that we just forget. Like, how do your feet feel right now? Like, are they warm, are they cold? Can you feel the blood in your toes? Just by dropping in and connecting to even something as simple as our feet brings us back to the here and now. You can't think about dinner whilst you're wondering if your toes are cold. <laughs> so we can use our five senses. We can use anything that's an anchor. So breath is really common in meditation, right? Using our breath as an anchor, whether that's counting it. So breathing in, counting one, breathing out, counting two. Breathing in, counting three, and you get the picture. Just go up to 10 and back down. And because you're human, if you lose track of the count, start back at one, there's no judgment. That is the art of it. It's not about having a clear mind or a perfect run. Oh, I can go up to 10 and down from 10 a hundred times. I am perfect. Mm -hmm. No, because you haven't done the mental sit-ups. If you lose track, you go, oh my God, I need to go do that thing. And then you go, nope, back to the breath. In for one out for two, 
That's a mental sitter. That brings you back to the present. That is what we are looking for. And that's what strengthens the neural pathways in the brain between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. You know, our command center, our rationalized space of the brain, the place that can actually make sensible decisions. And so when we do feel an overwhelm of emotions, which happens to all of us at some point, we've got that pattern there of like, okay, just come back to this moment. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm upset. Yes, I'm overwhelmed but I can access my prefrontal cortex and I can choose to deal with it logically rather than just purely emotionally. Mm, oh my gosh, I love that. That is amazing. I actually also use some of those techniques as well. Um, and, it's, and it's funny because it's like, it's just something that a lot of us just don't do. And that brings me to my first question, I mean, my next question for you. Why is it that a lot of people lack mindfulness? It's not our fault. Mm. We are in a world that is designed to focus on what, like the top 5% of our body. Our brain is meant to control everything, do everything. If we can intellectualize and conceptualize and problem solve and think about this and control this and do that, then we're doing well in life. Mm -hmm. But that means we're trapped, right? We're trapped in our heads. Oh, that's only like 5%, maybe 10% at most of who we are, mm -hmm. right? We've got all of this body sending us all of these signals. And so we are programmed to answer your question to spend time in the head, which takes away mindfulness, right? It takes away the opportunity to be present because we always have to be solving the next problem, thinking about the next thing, progressing ourselves, improving ourselves. And actually being here right now, it's really fun and really enjoyable. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I know um, really just with just with the pandemic and just I actually uh, was pregnant during the pandemic and just seeing how much of an effect it had on my mind you know how you stated that it's really not our fault um, that we're that a lot of us don't practice mindfulness but I believe that once you are aware just as well as I became aware of okay I'm thinking too much of the future because I'm very anxious you know, or I'm thinking too much of the past. I'm feeling depressed. That's my thought of um, trying to always maintain mindfulness, depending on where my thoughts are leading me. Um, now, what is it that you do as a strategy to keep your mind in a mindful place when you have those thoughts? of the future and our thoughts of the past oh i wish there was a simple answer to this <laughs> a decade if not longer trying to calm my mind i am a chronic overthinker um you know it is definitely my version of a pandemic <laughs> it's always coming up i have to keep pushing it back yes <laughs> You know, I spend so much time in my head. And again, not my fault. I was, you know, brought up this way. This is the world we live in and that's okay. And I fall back on, personally, I fall back on little techniques to keep me out of that overthinking and here in the present. And so things like taking a color walk, which is one of my favorite techniques, particularly at the moment because it's summer here. Yeah. So 
um, I will go out for a walk at lunchtime, say, get away from my desk and I will pick a colour. So I might just pull a pen out of my jar and whatever colour that is, I'll go with that. Or I might go, you know what, I need an easier chance today. And here in the UK, yellow is a good colour. Yeah. Um, because there's quite a lot of yellow around on the roads and signs and things. So yeah, I'll pick a colour and then go for a walk. And my anchor is that colour. So as I'm walking around, instead of worrying about, oh, I've got to do that, that client needs this, this has got to happen, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, right, where's yellow? Where's the colour yellow? Oh, okay, double yellow lines on the floor. Great, that's yellow. Okay, where's the next piece of yellow? Where's the next piece of yellow? And I use that as my anchor. So anytime my mind wanders, which it will, I'm human too, you know, I'll go, oh, there's yellow on that sign. Or, oh gosh, there's a daisy over there with a the yellow center, you know, and I'll use that to bring me back to my surroundings. I meditate before bed. I love a yoga nidra. Um, they are so soothing. Yes. It's calm my nervous system. <laughs> and also I think that I don't really have a practice for this but it's something I always try and keep in mind and I remind my clients of a lot which is we have a natural negativity bias mm. so when our brain is running away with us it's going to focus on the things that frighten us or are potential dangers rather than the good things so one of my favorite coaches uh, Christine Hassler she says worry is the imagination used poorly so if I'm worrying about things, um, I try and remember that quote from her and, and go, okay, what's another way of looking at this? And in fact, I've just reminded myself of a technique I do use, <laughs> <that I think laughs> help, but just got a handful of stories. So if, if I'm, yeah, if I catch myself worrying, which we'll do, or panicking or overplaying something, I will stop myself and go, right, what else could be true? What other stories could I think of right now? So say I'm worrying about, what would be a good example? Um, I don't know how I'm going to finish this project. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I'm going to finish this project. I haven't got enough time. There's not enough this. I don't know that person's going to help me. All of those kind of thoughts we spiral, right? So it could be true that I don't know how to finish this project. It could also be true that I could ask 1,700 people and they might be able to help me finish this project. <laughs> <laughs> it might exactly. also be true that I'll get eaten by a shark so I won't have to finish this project. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we, I try and use my imagination and create little stories just to lighten the energy and to show my mind that, okay, it's okay you want to think, but think about it from lots of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. That helps to clear the mind. It brings us back to the moment. We get access to our prefrontal cortex and we can start making logical, practical decisions and next steps. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Now I hear, I, I hear you breaking up the um, prefrontal cortex. <laughs> what exactly is that? Of course. And um, the prefrontal cortex is just a, an area of our brain. So when we get triggered by fight, flight or flight, blah, 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 that's easy for me to say. When we get triggered by fight or flight, aka when our nervous system is triggered, right? Something mm -hmm. bad happening, we're scared, our amygdala fires up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a small, I think it's like kidney shaped in the bottom of the brain, but don't hold me to that. Okay. And that, <laughs> that basically sends out a signal to shut down the majority of the brain because its only concern now is to get you away, to keep you safe and alive, mm. right? That's the brain's primary purpose, keep us alive. Yeah. Other parts of the brain, we have the hypothalamus, which is our command center, which controls kind of what's switched on, what's switched off, that kind of thing. It kind of controls our, our behaviors, our patterns, our things like that. And that's then linked to the prefrontal cortex, which, in, which 
is our rational, it's our decision making, it's our place where we can foresee consequences. So when we make a decision, we can actually think it through rather than reacting, which is what the amygdala would do, right? Mm. Response. It needs you to run, it needs you to fight, it needs you to get away, whatever it is to keep you safe. Whereas the prefrontal cortex can actually intellectualize and it can help you to make rationalized decisions, make choices based on an understanding of the consequences. Mm. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. Oh my gosh, learn something new every day. <laughs> only way in life. If you don't learn something new every day, get out more. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my God, Ms. Curtis, I am loving this information. And if you all are enjoying today's episode as well as I am, please show your support by donating today. For more free and powerful and informational content just like this, more info to donate will be listed in today's show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode, mindfulness. Now, Sam, what advice do you have for someone who is wanting to use mindfulness in their day-to-day life but is having a hard time doing so? Start small. Like know that it's okay, that it's a challenge experiment i set clients at the end of every session and i say i set we co-create actions at the end of every session to make sure that they can take what they've learned from the session and actually apply it to everyday life Mm. and one thing i always say to them is okay yes we're using the term actions but really they're experiments right by experimenting with mindfulness for example so say you want to go right this is it this is the time i want to get into mindfulness i'm going to do 10 minutes every day one start small start with like two minutes every day right that's perfect and two great set your target for every day and then review in two weeks if you haven't hit it every day perfect because you've experimented so you can start to see what stopped you from doing it the days that you Mm -hmm. couldn't and is it more feasible to do it once a week is once a week sufficient enough and you can start to ask yourself all these questions if you're experimenting if you just say i've got to do this it then becomes black or white and it becomes a pass or a fail which is not what life's about yes so definitely experiment try it out try different techniques find small little ways um there's a great term like there's there's all the body of somatic coaching there's interception all these kind of big fancy terms but basically means connecting with yourself Mm -hmm. so just find little ways you like to connect with yourself so we all potentially know what type of learner we are whether we're auditory visual kinesthetic you know whether we learn through hearing through seeing or through doing right Mm -hmm. um and if you know which one you are great then start there right if you know you're kinesthetic if you're a person that learns better through doing try kinesthetic meditation so try doing meditation so like the color walk where you're actually moving around as you do it Mm -hmm. touch your fingers spend a minute going can i actually feel the ridges on my fingers like where how many do i have what do they feel like get some different material right and (laughs) and touch that and just go what does this feel like to me if i had to be with this what would it what is it you know and just spend time with touch if you're auditory one of my absolute favorites is what can I hear that's closest to me is it my breath is it my computer humming what what can I hear that's closest to me right now Mm. now what can I hear that's far furthest away is it the birds outside is it a plane passing overhead 
is it my partner in another room doing whatever on his business <laughs> you know what, what is it that i can hear with no judgment right this isn't like i've got to find the nice pretty sound this is like what is that is that the fridge coming oh i didn't know it. Mm. Because it brings you back to the moment and it strengthens that relationship between the amygdala and the hypothalamus. I'm making it. Right? Um, again, if you're visual, uh, look around the room. Just spend a minute. In somatics, it's called orientation. Look around and just start labeling things. I can see crystals, I can see cards, I can see this. You know, just, mm. just label it. Find what works for you and know that it will change right because we're human so some days you know labeling through visual labeling great love it oh best thing in the world <laughs> can't stay concentrated on it for a yes <laughs> so just experiment and know that there is no pass or fail whatever you try that day that week is perfect mm, oh my gosh i love that that also just helps someone to not feel like um they have to do just so much to you know gain mindfulness it's literally to me like what i had to do i literally had to take it one day um at a time um i found myself not being able to sit i'm gonna say i use the technique meditation i wasn't able to sit more than 10 minutes i'm like okay let me just start with like five and go from there and I realized that even just like you stated just those little moments even if it's one minute you know do that and if you're consistent with it you will see that okay life isn't bad at all everything's great for the most part <laughs> so, yes I love that I love that now I do have one final question for you Miss Curtis now I want to know how can using mindfulness in your day-to-day life help one better their lives oh what a wonderful question well know when you have an argument with someone and then three days later in the shower you realize what you should have said as a response Mm -hmm. that's what mindfulness gives you in the moment the more time you spend here in the present the more clarity you have each moment to make those choices so instead of thinking oh i should have said that three days later you're aware of it in the moment and you also don't react as emotionally and as much as you know particularly my clients you know they're really intellectual as much as we don't think we react emotionally we all do right emotions are powerful when we are angry it can take over and having (laughs) right yes Having those that practice, having that relationship built, that you know, that literally that mental sit up between, oh my god, I'm stressed, and okay, I've practiced for this. Let's bring back myself back to the moment. You can then make better decisions, make clearer choices, yes, and react in a way that feels more aligned to yourself. And for me, that's everything about self development: just acting in alignment with ourselves. Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. Using mindfulness really helps you make better decisions. Um, Being able to be aware of, and I believe that, and you can probably chime in on this, um, like mindfulness is kind of helpful for uh, learning to be more self-aware, I would say. Um, 
being more self-aware of how you're feeling in the moment, being more self-aware of how something makes you feel, um, especially when we have those moments where we're upset and heated and want to argue and, you know, hold on, wait, let, let me go back to how to check myself and calm myself by inter- interpreting mindfulness. And I definitely use that a lot. And it's definitely been very helpful, um, very helpful when it comes to stress, um, stress as well. Me being a new mom and me doing everything, just being able to be mindful and be very cautious and self-aware of what I'm, where I'm putting my energy into. Ooh, it's very helpful. It's very helpful. So I am so glad that we were able to discuss mindfulness. It is definitely something that is needed for everyday life. So I want to thank you again for joining me today, Sam, in discussing this well-needed topic, mindfulness. I would also like to give a special thank you to my amazing audience and healing tribe for joining us today. I pray today's episode was informative and valuable to you all. Also, be sure to give us your feedback, share and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes on any of your favorite podcast stations and or on my YouTube channel, Heal with Angelica Waters podcast to help get the message out to those in need of healing. Also, if you are ready to start your healing journey, join me in my one on one 12 week intense healing yourself coaching program center around you taking your power back and embracing the healing power that is inside of you. At the end of this program, you will have all the tools you need to heal yourself. Link is in the description to sign up as well as my new release ebook, Heal Yourself. I will also leave info in the description so you all can connect with today's guest, Life Coach Sam Curtis. Sam, before we end today's show, do you have any closing remarks for today's audience? Well, firstly to you, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. I'm very grateful. And yeah, secondly, just if this work inspires you, if you're interested in exploring everyday mindfulness, you can find me on Insight Timer. I run run a meditation experiment, a 30-day meditation experiment every 30-day month. So I think that's September, November, June, and another one. (laughs) <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the details you'll be able to find it just yes. find it. I have a selection of everyday mindfulness techniques and of course if it's something you want to explore one on one I'm more than happy to have a free session with anyone from your audience they can just pop over to my website and book that in that's sam-curtis.com yes 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 you guys heard it first you guys want a nice free session with my guest Miss Curtis please please follow her at Sam dash curtis.com and again i want to thank you all for joining us today and we now leave you as we came peace and blessings